This is Chelsea Iris, and you're listening to Happiest Me Podcast, Episode 2, Season 2. Thanks for listening this week. I hope everyone's having a good week, a positive week. It has been a good one. I committed to yoga this week, which as we all know, I never do the yoga that I commit to. So also a false promise that I'm very upset about, but I'm not going to beat myself up because I'm human being. And I swear, once I tell you, let's just jump right in. This week is a catch-up on my life. It's a catch-up on where I'm at, where I've been, what's going on. Um, The last episode that I really caught you up on things, I brought you up until my birthday of 2018. Um, And last year had so much stuff going on that I really want to share my triumphs, my downfalls, dream come trues, the changes that happened, because it all affected me and why I needed time off, um, why I needed to regroup, and it also inspired me to where I'm going to be going forward. So I want to share all of that with you guys. Um, But we'll start this episode with the business. As always, you know, if you want to join in in the conversation, you can reach out to me on Instagram, happiest underscore me underscore podcast, Google voice, please start leaving voicemails. I think it'd be fun to listen to those together. Um, Share your favorite quotes of the week. This week, mine led me on a awesome rabbit hole. I can't wait to share. Um, You can share YouTube videos, suggestions for the podcast. If you feel like you want to jump in on the conversation on something that I said, please feel free to do so. I'd be happy to engage in all sorts of conversations. So uh, Google Voice is 860-931-0565. Instagram, happiest underscore me underscore podcast. On Facebook, on Facebook, we are happiest me podcast. Email address is chitchat with chelsea at gmail.com. That is chitchat. C-H-I-T-C-H-A-T with Chelsea at gmail.com. Chelsea, C-H-E-L-S-E-A. All right. Um, Okay, yay. Let's start with the quote of the week. So this week, how I came about my quote of the week was I started doing some research on what I would want for my future kids and because the reality is, is that I do have anxiety and depression. So the chances of my future child, if and when we decide to have children biologically, uh, mm-hmm. of, oh, sorry, so rude of me. The chances of them having some type of mental illness are uh, on the higher end. So I start, I start, we start having the conversations of how, you know, when we have kids, how will we teach them to manage or, um, how will we give them the toolbox? Like, what will we do to put in their toolbox? And I am a firm believer of your children will follow in your footsteps. So if they see you doing something, they will be more inclined to do it themselves. 
Um, so I want to show my child that meditation is a big part of my life, of their father's life. Cause that's something that we now do together in hopes that they will learn. And in turn of us doing it in front of them, it's also going to be I will, we will be teaching them how to do it as well in hopes that one day they decide to do it on their own because I never want to force anything on my child, but I want to give them all the tools that if and when they need it, they have it. Um, but I was also thinking that wouldn't it be nice for schools um, to provide this as a lesson for children or as a teaching? And I just Googled meditations in school. And I came across calm.com, which I am a subscriber, a yearly subscriber of the Calm app. Um, so I was really excited when I saw that they do something for schools. But the quote that was on their website was like perfect as to what I was thinking. If every eight-year-old is taught meditation, we will eliminate violence from the world within one generation. And that is something that Dalai Lama said. With everything that's going on in our world, you know, with gun violence, and we're not going to get political, don't worry, I'm not going to get, you know, into it. I really do think and, and believe that if children are, there's a lot of violence in this world. And the children that are growing up right now are seeing that. And a lot of them, the young teens, are starting to stand up and fight for what they believe in. I believe that if the generation behind them, the ones who are seeing the violence, seeing the destruction, but also seeing their older peers stick up, if they are taught maybe positive thinking, meditation, mindfulness at a young age, we could be eliminating a lot of anger and hatred in the world, hopefully, and also empowering those children who see their older peers fighting and want and, they, and make them want to make a change. So all in all, it, it's probably not, um, it's not a strong theory, but it was something that I was thinking about. And then I came across the Calm app, which is fucking amazing. Excuse the F-bombs. But they provide calm for schools. So I'm not going to read their entire front page. <coughs> Sorry, I still have a little cough. <clears throat> but they believe that today's rapidly changing world, children are facing unique social and emotional challenges. I agree immensely. Um, they say that kids are experiencing greater pressure earlier in life. They feel more stress and anxiety than ever before. And what if before their school day began, there was a few moments of quiet or stillness? Numerous studies have shown that many benefits of teaching mindfulness to students through mindfulness education, kids can develop a lifelong capacity for greater self-awareness, connection, patience, and resilience. So, I mean, honestly, this initiative is amazing. Um, they say that they're starting this initiative so that they can offer every teacher in the world free access to Calm, the mindfulness app that hundreds of thousands of people all over the world use every day. Our aim is to empower teachers with mindfulness tools and resources that they can help kids learn so they can... Blah, 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 blah so that kids can learn this new skill. So with this initiative, every 
uh, teacher in K through 12 classroom anywhere in the world can get access to Calm's paid subscription service available through Android, iOS, and the web. Teachers will have unlimited access to their growing library of guided meditations, mindfulness exercising, including Calm Kids, their program tailored for kids pre-K through high school. I can't emphasize how important this is enough. If you know a teacher, a para, someone who works in the school system, and any other parent who would think that their school, their child could benefit from this, share this. I will put the link in the description box, but it is calm.com backslash schools. Their goal is to get over 100,000 classrooms in 2019, improving the lives of 1 million children. If you go to the link that I'll have in the description box, and that's just calm.com backslash schools, like literally calm.com does not sponsor me at all. But they have literally helped me through so much. They help me sleep. Um, when Matthew was going through surgeries, they've helped me. Um, after my sister moved to California, I experienced uh, really bad depression and anxiety. Uh, and that really helped get me going again and realigning myself was just having that daily meditation. I've now started using their, they have like these little um, anxiety uh, quick meditation. So if you're feeling like you're going through like an emergency, you need an emergency calm, I think it's called. They have it like three, five, 10, 15, 20, all the way up into an hour, um, depending on how much of an emergency calm you need. At work, I'll do a three minute emergency calm if I feel an anxiety episode happening. Um, I cannot stress that I think that children would absolutely benefit for some quiet meditation time. They have meditation music. All of this is available through the app and more because they have it for kids. And I haven't even explored any of that. Any of that. So share this page to a parent, to a student, to a school, um, anyone you think would benefit from this. Um, they say it takes 30 seconds to fill out the form. And just looking at the form, you just put your name, your email, your school name, how many students you have, your county, your zip code, and then a little description of why you would want um, calm in your classroom or how it would help your school. And then they get back to you. I'm assuming soon. Um, they have a bunch of testimonies from all different schools. Please share it. I think this is so important. So amongst my um, research, I came across the CNN article that was written in 2016 um, by Deborah Bloom. And I will also have the link in the description box um, of the podcast. And basically, they are replacing detention with meditation. They have a meditation room, uh, and I'll read a little bit, but I won't read all. Um, so in the room, they have pillows, lavender, um, and lavender so that the children of this elementary school in Baltimore can go in when they're feeling, you know, upset or enraged. You know, this is obviously, so here we go. Almost a quarter of Baltimore students or residents are living below the poverty line, according to the U.S. Census data. And at Coleman, just blocks from where people took the streets after the death of Freddie Gray last year, again, this is in 2016, more than 80% of the students qualified for free or reduced lunches. Some of these children are homeless. Um, 
some of them come some of them come to school from situations where they don't have light at home or food there's crime in their neighborhoods um so they really try and they were trying to find ways to make the school feel safe and help meet their needs. So the staff employed the help of Holistic Life Foundation, a nonprofit behind Coleman's Mind Mindfulness Moment Room, which is what they call their med meditation room. Um, they say that occasionally they work with students whose parents are incarcerated, students who are living between boarded up row houses, which in Baltimore there are so many of. Um, they want the calm room to be an oasis of calm. So students who are in a disruptive classroom are sent to the mindful moment room by their teachers. There are foundation staff members to encourage them to talk about what led them to their dismissal, dismissal of the class, where they can sit down for some breathing exercises. They are instructed to close their eyes and inhale and exhale deeply. Um, honestly, I, there's so much in this article that is amazing. I really, really think it can help um, children to learn how to manage their emotions and become um, great members of society. Because when you can manage your emotions, I think it's just, it's helpful to yourself and it's helpful to the people around you. Um, so, yeah. Let's jump into a life update. So, you know, what, why a season two? We talked about that a little bit in the Get to Know Me episode for all the new listeners of Happiest Me. And um, 2018 was rough. It was really rough, but really great all at the same time. I had some really high highs and some really low lows. And I needed to just focus on me in order to get through all of that, be mindful in the moment and grow from everything that I was going through. So in a lot of those peaks and valleys, it was just feeling like I was in a sea of darkness. And, you know, I still feel like I'm there. I still have really tough moments. Um, I'm not 100%. Um, I don't know if I ever will be, but that's I know that that's the depression talking and we will definitely talk more about my depression. Um, what's crazy is that I can talk my about my anxiety all day uh, and I always encourage other people to talk about their mental illnesses because I feel like it's so worth the conversation to break the stigma of people feeling, um, of people having feelings towards you that aren't positive. Let's just put it that way. I have felt many of that in season one um, from people, and I I think that was also a reason why I stopped. I was feeling really self-conscious about sharing a lot of those, uh, a lot of that darkness that I was in, and I didn't want people to judge me, and I know that it's time that I talk about it. I think it's only going to help me heal. I think it's a way to help me out of it because I definitely see the light. It is there. Excuse me. Um, I just need to push on through and get moving. And honestly, just I was waiting for the logo to be done. And then Stephanie, the co-founder of Rejects, posted the video of the podcast we did together a year ago on Facebook. And that just got me so pumped. And I heard back from so many of you wondering, you know, when would a new episode be happening? And that just really got me motivated and excited. And I 
wanted to jump in. So I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be back. I can't wait for the new logo to be done to share with all of you. I'll probably have a couple more weeks till that comes in. Um, and we'll definitely do something fun for that. Um, yeah, so the last time we spoke, I caught you up on my 30th birthday and all the amazingness that happened then. It was such a perfect birthday. The company that we had, where we were, the food we ate, everything about that weekend of turning 30 was amazing. And I'm so blessed and happy that I got to do it. Um, later on that month. So my birthday is July 1st. Um, so we typically celebrate the 4th of July weekend. This year I'll probably celebrate the weekend before just because it's on a Monday. Details, whatever. You guys don't care about that. Anyways. <laughs> so uh, my sister's bachelorette was at the end of July. And because my sister's so low-key like me, she didn't want any of the typical bachelorette nonsense, which of course I did bring in some fun decorations, <laughs> but um, we kept it really simple. She wanted to go to Acadia National Park and do some hiking. Acadia also has a beach. Um, there's a pool at the campsite that we stayed at. Now, anyone who knows me knows that I don't camp. I've never fucking camped. My family was a family of campers. At one point, my dad even had a trailer. And my mom, my sister, and my dad would go camping with their friends all the time in the summer. And I would always stay behind. As I got older, I would just work the weekends and it was fine. I mean, it was fun not to have my parents there on the weekends. Um, but I just didn't like the bugs. I didn't like the dirt. I just didn't like camping. And when Crystal brought up camping for her bachelorette, it was very sad for me. <laughs> but we found this beautiful campsite about 15 minutes from Acadia National Park where um, we could stay in a cabin, which is like right up my alley. And it was a beautiful cabin, complete amenities. I mean, to say we were camping is a complete fraud. We stayed in a beautiful cabin in the woods with people who were sleeping in tents around us. <laughs> uh, all weekend, she talks about going on this hike. Um, before we got there, she said, we're going to go on this hike. It's going to be really fun. She never really describes whether it's easy or hard, but I assume that my sister knows that I am not an in-shape person. So we leave it at that. Uh, the morning of the bachelorette, um, I invited Danielle to come with me. Danielle and I drove up very early. We had a beautiful ride to Maine. Um, we stopped at the beach. We stopped to get some breakfast, had some great conversation. Honestly, it was such a nice, relaxing morning away. And it was her first time away from her baby. Um, so she was having little mommy uh, anxiety about leaving the baby, but also very excited to be um, with friends. <laughs> so we go to the beach we hang out we go to the town um near acadia i honestly don't remember the name of it it could have been acadia whatever <laughs> um see the harbor have some dinner it was very low-key very nice the next morning we all wake up we get ready for the hike um, I asked Crystal if it's hard. She goes, you can do it. You know, don't worry about it being hard or easy. You've got this. She doesn't really lead on to anything. Um, we walk right past a warning sign. I saw it. I didn't read it. I didn't want to know if it pertained to our 
hike. Um, I should have read it, guys. So when you look up this hike, it's called the Beehive Trail or the Bowl Trail of Acadia National Park. Now, if I was an experienced hiker, this would be a perfect trail for me. Beautiful scenery. Um, it is 450 feet elevated um, amongst 450 feet elevation gain mostly along the steep of Beehive Trail. It is about two miles long um, up to the Beehive Trail and to the return via the bowl. Uh, required time, they say, two to four hours. Honestly, I think we did it in about two hours. I was just booking it. I, I, I didn't want to pause. Um, they say that this is a fairly strenuous and exposed day hike with numerous iron aids and scrambling obstacles. <coughs> again, sorry for the cough. We're getting rid of it. Um, again, I'm going to say that again. Fairly strenuous and exposed day hike with numerous iron aids and scrambling obstacles. My friends, it was like climbing the jungle gym on the side of a mountain. Like climbing a jungle gym literally off of cliffs. You're, there's like these rods that look like jungle gym type rods that stick out for you to like use as a ladder to climb or step through. Um, it's really fucking scary. Like really, really scary. There's a certain area, um, you know, if let's just put it this way, people who are hikers, experienced hikers may not have an issue for someone who is afraid of heights, who is out of shape, who has not been hiking in a very long time. This was extremely terrifying. Like this is my worst nightmare come true is falling off of a cliff. Like I have dreams about it all the time. I am terrified of falling off of a cliff, and I did that for, let's say, two hours, maybe more, maybe less, but two hours. So one part of the hike here, there are iron rods connecting two parts of the mountain that are not touching, that I have to pass. There is no guard to catch you if you fall. Um, there's nothing to hold on to. It is, you need to get through this as quick as possible so that the wind doesn't catch you and you fall over. And I truly don't think I can do it. And there are several times in this hike where I don't feel like I am going to make it. Like Lifestar is going to have to come get me and I don't know how I'm going to do this. And when I got past these iron rods, I just dropped myself and instantly had a panic attack. One, because I was extremely terrified, but two, because I didn't let that feeling of being terrified stop me. And that was what I needed to get, honestly, truly, what I needed to get through the rest of the hike. And I can't thank Crystal and Hannah. Um, Danielle had left early Sunday morning to go be with her baby and she had other obligations. So it was Hannah and myself and my sister climbing this mountain, this trail. And Hannah was behind me. My sister was in front. And thank you, Hannah, so much for sandwiching me. I know that she was just as scared as I was. She didn't show it once. Uh, she was there 
cheering me on and Crystal just kept telling me, you've got this girl, you've got this, you can do it, you're going to make it, I promise you, if I can do this, you can do this. I didn't believe her, but I had to believe her. If I could, if she could do it, I could do it. And I know that at times she was nervous and I could see it in her face, but I, we just kept trekking through and she just kept telling me we're almost there. We're almost there. And it was a fucking lie. We were never almost there. We were almost there. And when we get all the way to the top, there's this older man and his wife who had just made it through the bull side, which is um, the actual trail side, not the mountain climbing side, apparently. And he goes, oh, I'm completely out of breath. I'm laying down on the rocks. Thank the Lord that I've made it this far. I'm going to make it home. Don't worry, Matthew. We're okay. <laughs> this old man goes, oh, you know, there's a walking side. You didn't have to climb all the way up. No shit, Sherlock. I know that. I know that now because I asked if we could turn around and they told me, no, there's no turning back. You got to go up and then we can go down the other side. I was terrified I was going to have to go down that way. There was no way. There was literally, I, I could have gone up. There was no way I was going down without like some type of harness. Truly, truly, truly. Go to YouTube, watch the videos. I'm sure there are people with GoPros on that can show you. At one point, we had stopped to rest. My legs were just tired. I'm not used to this type of, like, needing my legs to hoist my body up. It was a lot of work. Um, and for my arms, too. So we had to take a couple stops for myself and the girls to just uh, catch a breath, have a sip of water. And this guy comes climbing up the mountain. You know, we're stuck up against the rock. And he comes flying through with no shoes and jeans on. And I'm at this moment, I had just gotten through the rides. This is maybe our second stop since then. Um, and I, I say to myself, if he can do it with no shoes and jeans on Chelsea Iris, there is no reason why you can't get up this mountain. I'll tell you when you feel like you're going to die friends, you will make it. Like, I truly did not think I was going to make it through this when we started, and I realized what I was getting myself into. But with my sister, just, you know, you've got this, Chelsea. You've got this. I can do it. You can do it. And just her positivity throughout that, I never looked down. I just kept moving forward. I didn't want to stop for too long because I didn't want to know where we were in the mountain. Um, but I could never tell how far up we were. It always looked like we were almost there. Um, but when we finally made it up, it was, we stayed up there for maybe 30, 40 minutes. We had some, um, of those seltzers with vodka or alcohol, whatever they are. They're so good. Um, we had some seltzers, we had a snack. We took several pictures on top of this. I mean, I was so proud of myself. We did it. Hannah, Crystal and I climbed this mountain all the fears, all the, I mean, I maybe had two or three panic attacks. The one with the metal grates being the biggest one and the first one. Um, I even get like choked up just thinking about it now. Like my level of fear was fight or f flight or fight. And I chose to fight instead of just say, I'm not doing this. I can't do this. I pushed through and I did it. That sense of accomplishment is something that I haven't experienced since, like ever, like literally ever. I've never experienced 
that type of accomplishment. I felt so proud of myself and I felt so proud of Hannah and Crystal. I know Crystal had done that. I don't know if she had done that trail before, but I definitely know that Hannah had it. And I know that she was maybe not as scared as I was, but we felt it. We felt it to Hannah. <laughs> so after we left the hike, we had to walk down the mountain. I mean, quite the workout guys. I need to do more hikes this summer because it's quite the workout just going down because it's so steep. Um, but we did stop at this little lake that connects to the ocean in Acadia Park. It is absolutely beautiful to see from up top of the mountain or the hill. I mean, I don't honestly know what you call it. It felt like a mountain, but whatever this thing is, um, at the top to see where the lake meets the ocean is truly beautiful. Um, cause when you're down there at the beach, you, you see it like you're, on one side of the sand is the lake and on one side is the ocean, but it just, the impact doesn't hit you as hard as seeing it from up top. Uh, so seeing that was really beautiful and stopping on the lake side on the way down was really cool. We swam on the lake just to cool off because we were so hot from the walk. Mind you, it's the end of July, so it's already hot and it had rained the day before. It's a little muggy in the air, like it had rained at night. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, I'll never forget, there was just like all different types of people at this lake, families, groups of different people, and one of the families was um, this mom, a husband, and she had two young boys, maybe one was six and one was about three, and she's letting the three-year-old go down these very small rocks. I mean, it was not harmful at all, but for a three-year-old, I can understand that it was a little scary, and he was doing a really good job, and Crystal and I are watching him. And towards the end, he's getting a little scared to make the final leap. And Crystal looks at me and says, when you have kids, don't pick them up. And I'm watching the mom not pick up her child. She's telling him it's going to be okay. You can do it. And he believes her because he trusts in his mother. And she has her hands out. And she's allowing him to be supported by her. But she's not picking him up. She's allowing him to feel, feel that fear and conquer it. And when Crystal said that to me, you know, allow them to feel that fear. Don't do what was done unto you. I was treated like I was glass. So I, I feel, I feel like I'm glass. Hence the anxiety. I'm always anxious. I'm always nervous that something's going to happen. I was terrified on the side of that mountain because I felt like I was going to shatter like glass. And reality is I fought through it. I conquered through it. Yes, I should have been forewarned. I should have had better gear. We'll get past that, Crystal. <laughs> um, but afterwards, after we left the lake, we walked down um, bull, the bull trail. We did a pool day. We grabbed all of our snacks, a couple bottles of champagne, and just hung out by the pool, relaxed our muscles, tanned, listened to music, and enjoyed ourselves. And honestly, the best one of the best bachelorettes that I've ever been to. It was beautifully crystal. I'm so glad that I was able to facilitate that for her uh, as her maid of honor and as her matron of honor. And I'm so glad that it was as low-key as it was. It was with the most important people in her life um, and Danielle. <laughs> so I'm just glad that Danielle was able to share that with me um, and her. And it was a beautiful day and weekend. And um, the drive back was a little bit stressful, but that's okay. 
later on that month or the following month, um, right before I left for Italy, was her wedding. My sister got married to the man of her dreams. Jacob is an amazing, amazing young man. Um, or man, he's not young. He's in his late twenties. Uh, he's a man <laughs> and he's so sweet to her. He loves her so much. I couldn't ask for a better partner for my sister. And I was so blessed and honored to stand by her side and be her, um, her assistant for better lack of words for that day. And I truly wanted to be, I wanted to be there to help her, to guard her from any stress, um, and to do everything that I could do in order to assist her. So I was so happy to be there for that day. The drive up to the inn that we stayed at, and we're going to be staying again in August for her anniversary. And I get to see her. Um, but the drive up to the inn where she got married was absolutely breathtaking. Um, it was really, truly beautiful. It was such a calm morning. And I was so glad to have that long drive to myself. Um, I'm learning to love the quiet time to myself again. There was a time where I really hated it. I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to listen to myself. I had to have a podcast on or music on um, because my thoughts were really, truly just too much. But um, this summer, I learned to enjoy the time by myself and to take advantage. Um, like I said, we are starting to talk about family planning and when and if we want kids. And I keep thinking, you know, when I have a child, it's no longer me time. It's that baby's time. And my fear is losing myself within that time. So let me enjoy the time that I have alone by myself right now. Let me learn about myself and love myself again. Um, so that if and when I'm ready and I have no regrets. So yeah, so the drive up was absolutely beautiful. It was uh, fantastic. We went with them to get their marriage license. I mean, all in all, that day before her wedding was just me and her friends. Excuse me. And I couldn't have been more grateful and blessed to have been a part of that day with just them because I got to see why they chose to have such a small wedding, why they chose to keep it immediate family and their friends. Mind you, there's maybe 10 of us less than at this wedding. And it was filled with so much love, so much respect. Every one of Crystal's friends was extremely lovely to me. Um, every one of them loved Crystal and Jacob so much and we're so happy to be there. And again, I am so happy with the way she decided to do things on her own, the way she decided to have this wedding. It was a little stressful at first, just thinking about it, but experiencing it, I truly understood it. I respected it and almost wish that I did the same thing instead of feeling like I had to invite people that I didn't want to invite. So Crystal, I love the way you did your wedding. I am so proud of you. I love you and Jacob. Mwah. Um, on my way home, I wanted to enjoy that ride as well. So I decided to stop at the Nubble 
Hubble Lighthouse. I can't remember the name, but it's a lighthouse on the way home from Maine. Um, my mom stops there whenever she's in Maine and she tells us about it. I've never had the pleasure, so I decided to stop by myself um, because she told me that there's a little place to get lunch uh, and have a, a little sit. So that's what I did. I got myself some fish tacos. I sat on a bench and just watched the ocean and the lighthouse. For about a half an hour, I stood there. It was really, really nice. Then I decided to leave, and my GPS would not grab any type of service at all. So for about 30 minutes, I was lost, and I tried to stay as calm as possible, but I will say that there was extreme panic going on. on the Towards the end, if I hadn't gotten the service, I think I would have had a panic attack because no calls were going through. I couldn't connect. No, I mean, I literally couldn't do anything. I was stranded. So that was extremely, extremely scary, but I made it through. I got home uh, and that was fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to get down to Rome because Rome is what happened next after Crystal's wedding, but I'm going to jump to her leaving. Um, so then we can just wrap up my lovely sister. Crystal leaving was so hard for me. She had lived a couple hours away for years. She went to college, stayed in her college town, worked in her college town. It's where she met her husband at college. It's where they worked, lived, and enjoyed their life and met these lovely people that they had at their wedding. And I didn't take advantage of that at all. I really, truly didn't. And... I do regret that. It does make me sad, but it made, I wanted to make it a point that in 2018, the year before she left, um, she had her wedding going on. I wanted to make sure we saw each other as much as possible. And I truly feel like I took advantage of that time and spent as much time as I could with her, even though I wish I had more. And I'm really going to not cry during me talking about this. So when Crystal left, I'm going to keep this short because I don't think I can keep it together. It like literally tore me apart. Uh, I felt like a piece of me was missing and I just kept thinking about truly me because she was on her honeymoon. They took a two or three week trip across the country to make it to California to their move, which is such a beautiful idea. I knew that she was going to be okay. Honestly, as stressful as parts of her move have been for her, I always know that her and Jacob will make it through because they are so, they really truly have their heads on right and they are great human beings. So I had no worry that they were going to be okay. I was more sad for what I was going to miss out on by not having her here. And that's what was really, really hard. On the flip side of that and what the silver lining is, Crystal and I have never talked as much as we do now. I talk to her every single day. We're in each other's lives every single day. We FaceTime a couple times a week. We text every single day. We're always checking in with each other, and I'm so grateful for that. In turn of her leaving, though, um, I also started thinking about what I want. And what I want is to not raise my kids in Connecticut. Don't want to raise them in Massachusetts. I believe, and so does Matthew, that we need to change. Um, so we're exploring our options on if we if we were to move, where would we move? I don't know where that is. I never thought about it before. 
you know, Matt has always brought it up to me. We should have, we should do a new beginnings. We should go, we should go somewhere. And I never really put thought into it. Um, but recently I felt like a change would be good because right now I just feel like there's nothing left in Connecticut for me. Massachusetts never felt like my home. Connecticut felt like home. Don't know why it did, but it's recently stopped feeling like home. And Matthew and I are exploring that feeling and what will come next for us. All of that has to do with the timeline of having kids. So we're trying to make sure that we're being mindful of a lot of different things. I'm going to pause because I need to cough. All right, here we go. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's like this cold will never go away. I have this pulse nasal drip that's disgusting. TMI, nothing of what you needed to know. So just to wrap it up, as I was really sad that Crystal left, I'm also really happy that it's brought us together. And we're going to see each other a couple times this year, which is such a fucking blessing. I can't even tell you I'm dying to see her the end of next month, Matthew and I with my mom are spending a week in California with Crystal and Jacob. And I cannot wait to give that woman a hug and a kiss and smother her with my love for five whole days. Um, and then I will see her in August for four days for, she's going to be here for four days. I think we're going to stay for three days, um, because of work or trying to figure that out. So, uh, three or four days in Maine with her, which is going to be amazing. And then the following month after, hopefully, we will see them for Matthew's 30th. Uh, we're still ironing out details for that. So a lot of really exciting things coming up this year for us. Um, and mostly just seeing my sister. Like, literally, those are the most exciting things coming up in 2019. <laughs> um, let's jump into Rome. And we're about 40 minutes in, and Rome is going to take a long time. I think we will do Rome next episode, just because there is so much to talk about in Rome. I don't want to miss anything. Um, there was so many peaks and valleys on that trip. I got, I got, I, I hit a lot of accomplishments on that trip um, before beginning and end. So I will actually pause this. We're about 42 minutes in. Um, we will speak next week. Maybe I'll do a dual episode, Rome, and maybe something else. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what's going on, guys. All I can, all I can uh, tell you is that we'll talk about Rome, but maybe a lot of other stuff too. <laughs> all right, guys, don't forget, share the calm.com forward slash backslash schools. I don't know. The link is in my description box for this podcast. It has been so much fun just catching up on what has happened in 2018. We're just about wrapping stuff up and uh, then we'll jump into to more of what's going on with my depression and the realness of depression because if I'm going to talk about it, I'm going to get to the nitty gritty and I'm going to share it all. It's really scary, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, guys. So listen in. Listen in. Thank you so much for staying tuned, staying involved. Get involved. Get more involved. You know all of our business. It's all in the description box. Or 
you know, rewind to the beginning and listen to me say it all over again. It's been a pleasure. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Bye.